Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I'm Chris Byrne, the Yorkshire Post political editor, and today um, I'm joined by our Westminster correspondent, Caitlin Doherty. Hi, Caitlin, are you okay? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? So we're speaking today, it's Thursday lunchtime at the moment as we speak, um, and it's fair to say it's been a week dominated um, by COVID, um, both current developments, new developments with the Omicron variant, and um, also um, memories of the December 2020 lockdown are coming back thanks to the row slash confusion slash whatever you want to call it over the Downing Street Christmas party, the now infamous Downing Street Christmas party that seems to have taken place on December the 18th. Um, so, Caitlin, I guess the first thing to, to ask you about is um, the Omicron variant. Um, can you kind of run us through um, how the story's kind of developed over the last week and where we're up to in terms of the government guidance? Because I must admit it seems pretty confusing to me what we're all meant to be doing or not doing at the moment. Yeah, so towards the back end of last week, it became clear um, that there had been a new variant identified of coronavirus, um, as people are sometimes want to do. Um, this very quickly became uh, known as the South African variant, which is not necessarily the case. It has not necessarily developed or come from South Africa. It's just that scientists in South Africa were the first to um, do all of that very complicated science and genoming and sequencing um, that identified this new variant. Um, cases have been rising rapidly in South Africa over the last two to three weeks. And um, countries began to think, oh, okay, you know, this is something that's going to come here. We've been here before. We've had alpha, we've had beta, we've had delta. It was only this time last year that we were starting to have the same concerns over what we then knew as the Kent variant, which then went on to fairly resoundingly trump all over last Christmas. Um, but by the weekend, um, there were concerns about it in the UK. Um, we had some cases identified and we had very unusually last Saturday a press conference from the Prime Minister from Downing Street announcing that there would be some restrictions brought back in. Now, in comparison to where we were this time last year, these restrictions are very, very minor. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is now mandatory again to wear face masks on public transport and in shops. However, not in all indoor settings. Um, if you go and get a haircut, you need to wear a mask. Uh, but if you go to a concert or you go to a theatre, you don't need to wear a mask. Um, there are a few discrepancies around that. And then also there were more travel restrictions reintroduced. Now anybody who arrives in the UK must take a PCR test on day two or before after their arrival rather than a lateral flow. And I think more importantly, until they get a negative result from that PCR test, they have to stay in isolation um, which has thrown the travel industry out a little bit. Also, it's looking like we are going to have a comeback. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> we have had a comeback of compulsory isolation of somebody who is a close contact of a suspected Omicron case. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who's notified as a close contact needs to isolate for 10 days. But if you are told that you are a close contact of an Omicron or a suspected Omicron case, you have to stay at home for 10 days. 
obviously over the summer, one of the big things was um, one of the big freedoms that people were being brought back was the end of the so-called pandemic, whereby people who were notified by test and trace either over the phone or on their app uh, were having to um, lock themselves away for 10 days, even if they did not have symptoms or uh, were double vaccinated or tested negative. Um, it's still not the case. Everybody needs to do that. But obviously, there will be increasing numbers of people having to um, stay isolated as a result of these new restrictions. So that has been less than a week now. Those new rules came into force in the early hours of Tuesday. So as I speak to you, it's been a little over 48 hours. Um, we are still identifying cases in the UK. Um, I expect there will be an update later this afternoon. But the latest update that we had late afternoon, early evening on Wednesday, was that there are 32 Omicron cases confirmed across the UK so far. And none in Yorkshire yet, although obviously that situation could change and seems inevitably will change probably in the coming days. Yeah, um, as of Thursday, about one o'clock in the afternoon, we have not yet had any in Yorkshire. Um, however, in as we've seen with previous waves, um, a lot of these cases are being identified near or around large metropolitan areas. We had quite a lot. Um, we've had a number near Glasgow. We've had quite a few in and around London. Liverpool is also on there as well. Um, Nottingham, um, and I believe, I think it's one case in Nottingham and Nottingham University have also confirmed, have confirmed that a case of Omicron was identified right. among their population. Um, that's not the only place that we've seen cases. You know, we've got, there's quite a rural run that stuck out for me in North Norfolk, um, which is where oh, one really? of the cases have been identified. Um, so although this is so far roughly following the patterns we expect of you know, cases popping up in more densely populated areas first, you know, COVID is spreading among the population still. Um, so I think we can expect to see it pretty much everywhere fairly soon. So... Is it early days yet then in telling exactly how serious this is going to be and whether vaccines work? I think in the coming days and weeks, we'll find out a lot more about what this variant is, whether it evades vaccines, what the symptoms are like, and crucially, whether it leads to higher rates of hospitalisations and deaths. Um, this variant seems to have been identified and picked up really, really quickly, like I said, Obviously, it was identified in South Africa first, and it seems that it's not even been around in South Africa long enough for us to have um, a really, really um, good idea of what the picture will look like yet. Uh, figures at the WHO have shared some optimistic findings, which suggest that so far, a lot of the cases have been relatively mild. As far as we know in the UK so far, it seems that all of the people who have been identified with this strain are um, isolating at home they're not poorly in hospital or mm. anything like that um, however it is a case that for the most part when new variants and strains are identified they do tend to manifest in younger people first as the virus spreads more readily among younger people and we know from past experience that really the people who are in danger when it comes to coronavirus are those who are older or otherwise clinically vulnerable, maybe they have other conditions. Um, so it may be that in a couple of weeks' time, when we have a little bit more data, that may not be the case. And I, I guess the the thing that we do seem to know about this one, and that seems to be causing the concern, is that it seems to spread quite easily, or more, even more easily than, I don't want to say classic COVID, but you know what I mean, like the variants that we're used to at the moment. It seems that this one passes between people 
more quickly and more easily. Is that fair? It certainly does seem to be quite transmissible. Um, certainly on Tuesday, like I said, we are on we are on Thursday now. Um, but on Tuesday, when Nicola Sturgeon was talking about the cases that have been identified in Scotland up to that point, which was eight or nine, I believe, um, she said that they were all linked to one private event. It wasn't specified whether it was a party mm-hmm. or a wedding or a business event or anything like that. But it seems that for the first couple of days, at least, all of the cases that were emerging in Scotland were linked to one meeting, if you want to call it that. Um, so, you know, while we know by now that COVID does spread at parties, COVID does spread at business conferences, um, it seems that it, it, this strain is doing the same and could potentially be slightly more transmissible. And, and so all of this has understandably made people not freak out, but stress a bit about their Christmas plans and whether Christmas parties should go ahead. Schools are wondering about nativity plays. And it seems from my perspective anyway, I'd be interested in your perspective, that I think it's fair to say that the messaging from government has been a bit mixed on what we should be doing and what we should be thinking. Can you kind of explain, if it's possible to explain what what we're being told by government about about kind of these these events it's it's been a while since this last happened but yes for the last week or so the big story in westminster has again been uh covid and obviously a lot of people still remember and are quite hurt by the position that we were in this time last year as we essentially emerged from a november lockdown into a december of tears i mean that in the T-I-E-R way, not tears as in making people cry. Um, And then obviously we were back in lockdown by the start of January. The big difference this year is clearly that, you know, the vast majority of people are double vaccinated, if not triple vaccinated. That was um, one of the government's main responses to this new variant, as well as the restrictions they have stuck the boosters up the booster programme, if if you will. Um, It's now been cleared that all adults over the age of 18 will now be eligible for a booster vaccine. And the hope is that all the way down to the youngest cohort, everybody will have been offered one by the end of January. Um, So the vaccine programme means that the government are taking a different approach this year. I think that's probably the fairest way to say it. Um, People are concerned. Clearly, you know, people may be scared about their health or the health of their families. Um, But as far as the messaging from government has gone so far the official line it is please don't cancel your christmas parties please don't cancel your nativities um life should be carrying on as normally as possible maybe um take a pcr test before your uh, excuse me a lateral flow test before you're attending any of these big events but the bottom line is the theory goes that the vaccine should be enough to keep us all safe and especially given that we um like I said, we may be waiting a couple of weeks to find out some more data on how spreadable and how dangerous this new variant is. Um, however, as we have gone through the week, there has maybe been some uh, divergence from the messaging um, from ministers. The uh, Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, was speaking earlier this week and he was keen for everything to go ahead but like I just mentioned it was encouraging people to take lateral flow tests or um, make sure that they are negative before they attend any event. Uh, Therese Kofi, a cabinet minister, was on television 
uh, last night on Wednesday and basically suggested that uh, people maybe should think twice about kissing anybody under the mistletoe that they do not know. Um, And similarly, this morning, um, George Freeman, a business minister, suggested that his Christmas party was this year going to be held on Zoom again. Anecdotally, it does seem that Christmas events are being cancelled or reorganised in some way, whether that's big businesses cancelling their Christmas parties that might have hundreds of attendees or schools asking parents not to attend the nativity plays. It seems that there is a degree of fear, maybe too strong a word. I certainly don't think it's fear, but a degree of um, caution in how people are conducting themselves now in comparison to where we were even two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think things have definitely changed. And one one other story that's kind of developed in parallel this week and has kind of been thrown into fresh relief about whether we're going to, or whether we, or whether the government is going to go further in terms of the the kind of restrictions on normal life um, as we move close to Christmas is is what happened last year, allegedly at Downing Street with this this supposed party. Could you tell us... A little bit more of the background to that and kind of where things are up to now because it, it was raising prime minister's questions on on wednesday by keir starmer and there was a slightly i thought anyway a slightly odd answer from the prime minister which didn't deny things had happened but also said rules had been followed but could, could you just explain kind of what what's happened and, and where we're where we're up to in our understanding of of what has or hasn't happened. <laughs> mm. Easy question for you. So according to reports in the Daily Mirror yesterday, um, there were two gatherings in Downing Street last winter, one in November and one just a number of days before Christmas. Um, in November, obviously, the whole country was under its second lockdown. And at that point in December, December the 18th, London was under tier three restrictions. Um, Now, they're different names. Obviously, we're at different stages back then. But essentially, the bottom line means that at both points then, while people were allowed to gather for work, they could go to work and go to the office. They were not allowed to gather for social purposes. Um, Parties were certainly banned. Christmas drinks were banned. And you know, I think I feel like this was also around the time where we were getting all of those stories about people being handed fines, very, very large fines for mm-hmm. um, breaking the rules. Now, the suggestion is that the prime minister attended the gathering in November for a short period of time. Um, it's thought that it was a leaving drinks. <clears throat> and he gave a speech to what has been described as a packed room filled with dozens of people. Um, it's then thought that in December a team of staff at number 10 in Downing Street, but held their own festive party uh, on December the 18th, which was just, well, hours before the Prime Minister announced that London was moving into Tier 4, which was, of course, the change in the rules, which effectively cancelled Christmas, as as most people would see it. The idea of Christmas bubbles in London and the South East were scrapped and... Um, A lot of people spend Christmas alone or with a very, very small unit of people. This was raised at Prime Minister's Questions yesterday, like you said, and there was no denial that the gatherings took place, but the line from Number 10 and the line from the Prime Minister has always been up to this point um, that they 
can assure us that all the COVID rules were stuck to at all times. Um, there was a little bit more push on that day when lobby journalists got the opportunity to speak to the Prime Minister's official spokesman again, as, you know, how can you say that which which rules were being stuck to here if you had a gathering of people in the room, um, but they are not elaborating on what was said earlier in the week. Because I think it's important, isn't it? Because the BBC came out after PMQs with a story saying that the December the 18th party, which as you rightly identify, was hours before um, large parts of the country were placed in tier four lockdown, effectively saying you can't see your family this Christmas. Um, the, the BBC said there were dozens, not just a few people, dozens of people at this party, and that it was, you know, there were party games from the sounds of it, and it went on past midnight. So the idea that this was some kind of extended work meeting doesn't seem to tally up really um i mean in terms of those questions that that were asked and and the fact that basically they're not giving any further detail what are you kind of expecting in the coming days are there going to be any further developments on this story or or kind of number 10 hoping it basically this this wall of i won't say silence but this wall of insisting no rules were broken will just result in it all going away in a few days? Um, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I'm not a person to try and predict the future. Um, However, you know, rules are very strict in and around number 10 and Downing Street when it comes to things like pictures and video. Um, So chances are there are very little um, evidence of anything like that. Um, But, yeah, I think... It's not the first time high-profile figures have been accused of breaking rules during the pandemic. So I suppose that the hope within Number 10 and government is that all of this will go away fairly speedily. Yes. Well, thanks. I guess we'll have to see what happens um, in the coming days um, on that story and also perhaps more importantly to all of us uh, in terms of what happens with Omicron and uh, the restrictions that we may or may not face. Um, thanks very much for your time, Caitlin. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pod Zone Country. If you have any topics you think we should be covering or any stories you think that we should be digging into, please get in touch with me over email on caitlin.doherty at jpress.co.uk. I'll speak to you next week. <laughs>